Welcome to Alchemy Radio, the home of the open mind. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, you're very welcome. And hopefully you can delve into some of the shows that we've had in the past. We've had many extremely interesting guests, and we will continue to bring you many more. We're a free service, completely non-profit, and you can get us available on demand from iTunes and our website, alchemyradio.net. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so you can find us there under the tagline Alchemy Radio. The show comes together every episode thanks to you guys and your donations. And if you feel like donating anything, you'll find the relevant details and donate buttons and stuff like that on our website. Every tiny little bit is really appreciated and helps to increase our output. So without further ado, let's get on to the show. This week's guests are Mira and Jason Calton. The Caltons are among the world's leading experts on the topics of weight management, lifestyle medicine, and micronutrient deficiency. Their high success rate working with adults and children to achieve sustainable weight loss and reverse health and disease conditions has made their consultancy highly sought after by many people around the world. It is their belief that becoming micronutrient sufficient is the first step towards preventing and reversing many of today's most prevalent health conditions and diseases. Mira and Jason, you're very welcome to Alchemy Radio. How are things? Oh, doing fantastic. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us on, John. No, the pleasure's all mine. Um, myself and Stevie, the show's producer, are big fans of your work, and there is a lot of overlap, as I said, off-air, between some of the other shows we've done and, of course, how we try to live our lives in terms of what we consume and put in our bodies as well. So I think we're going to have a very interesting and hopefully enlightening chat then as well. But before we delve into the nitty-gritty of it, there's a question I ask everybody who comes on the show for the first time, and that question is, how did you get from where you were to where you are now? Now. Well, um, I guess for me, it started with um, my life experience. You know, I was living in New York City. I had quite a cool life. I was in my, you know, mid to late 20s and I was promoting, you know, film premieres and fashion shows and restaurant openings. And I thought, you know, life is really great. I've got, you know, this great wardrobe. All these designers are throwing me clothes and everything is really cool. And then I just started feeling like I couldn't go out as many hours as I could before. I couldn't work as late. My feet were hurting from all the high-heeled shoes and then my lower back started aching. And it just sort of kept, I started feeling a little bit worse every day. And it's like that thing, you know, you think that nothing is going to get you when you're in your late 20s. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you just don't pay attention to your body trying to give you some signals. And my body was sending me some pretty strong signals. I was tired. I didn't feel well. My back was throbbing. And I didn't listen. And by the time I turned 30, I was literally on my sofa lying to all my PR, you know, all my different clients, telling them that, you know, I was just really busy and I couldn't come see them. But the truth of the matter was that I was in so much pain that I couldn't walk anymore. I couldn't do my job anymore. And I was laid up on the sofa. I went to see my doctor finally because it was not something I was looking forward to to going and doing. I thought it would go away if I just rested. Mm. And when I went to see my physician, he told me um, some pretty bad news. He diagnosed me with advanced osteoporosis at the age of 30. He told me I had the bone density of an 80-year-old woman and that it wasn't going to get any better. Wow, what a shock to get, particularly at that age. 
Yeah, I mean, he had never seen anyone my age that had been so run down, whose bones had become so brittle. And um, basically, they didn't know what to do with me. They said, you know, you're, you obviously can't work anymore, which I knew I couldn't work anymore. I couldn't, couldn't take care of myself anymore. So I literally had to sell my company. I had to move out of New York City, which I swore I would never do. And I moved down to Florida to have my sisters take care of me. And luckily, my sister was really kind, took me in, and allowed me some time to um, slowly start to heal. What I quickly learned was that the medications the doctors wanted to give to me were going to have some really horrible side effects. So I knew that that method was not the road I was going to take. I was not going to put these, these drugs into my body, these prescription drugs. And I knew that I wanted to find a more natural approach. And all they told me was I should take some calcium. Bones calcium, that's what the doctor knew. <laughs> so I said, okay, calcium, great. I started doing some research because when you're laid up on your bath, there's a lot of time to spend on your laptop. Yep. And started to look at calcium and then magnesium came up and, and vitamin D came up. And I was like, okay, I've got something going here. I need to know about these things, these things that I had never heard about before. And so I found a doctor of nutrition who had been working with clients for over a decade already. I said, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I, this isn't my field. All I know is, you know, I did a whole bunch of research and these are important to me. And he said, you know, okay, we'll start looking at this. This isn't, this isn't an angle I normally take, but let's start looking at it this way. And we started to work on supplementing these very same nutrients. And within two years, we went back and got a DEXA scan, which is how they measure your bone density. And mm -hmm. I found out I didn't even have osteoporosis anymore. I didn't have osteopenia anymore. We had com completely reversed my bones and brought me to full health again. And um, we decided that this was going to be something that was going to be really important to get this message out so other people don't have to suffer in the same way. Luckily, um, on a side note, I fell in love with my doctor and we got married and now we write books together. So that's Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us very nicely on to Jason. Fantastic story, by the way. And I just think it's a... It's very interesting to note that something like osteoporosis, which if you speak to most of the medical establishment will tell you, well, you're stuck with that for life. It's about control rather than cure. You reverse it so quickly. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, once we really realized what the key things that I had been doing wrong were and learned how that we could reverse all of those bad habits, reverse all of those poor eating habits and reverse the non-supplementing and because start supplementing properly, well-formulated. Once we realized that these things could be changed, it was very quick to actually start to see my body heal. And we go into some of the processes as the conversation develops, but let's Great. get a little bit of Jason's background now as well. Well, you know, Mira kind of give you a, you know, kind of a good overview. Before that, I had been in practice um, as a nutritionist for, like she said, about 12 years. Um, my background is in molecular microbiology and pre-med, but I switched tracks kind of midway and decided to get my PhD in human nutrition instead, just because I really felt nutrition was going to be the new medicine. And I believe it is the new medicine today. If you start to look at all these MDs out there, all their TV shows are talking about what? They're not talking about drugs. They're all talking about food and health and nutrition. And that's, that's really because I, I believe that's what people need to focus on if they want to live you know, they're, they're a healthy, optimal life. So I had been doing at that time when I first met Mira, what most nutritionists are still doing today and most doctors who are playing nutritionists are still doing today, and that is talking about food, talking about carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, and whether or not you should have a low-carb diet or a high-fat diet or if you should you know, try to match it up to 40-30-30 and whether you should eat animal-based foods or plant-based foods or what's better. 
And I'll tell you what, I don't believe that the answer to our problem is found in that conversation. I had it for many years, over a decade. Hmm. And then I was introduced to Mira. And I started to look deeper into the other side of food, the non-caloric side. So I started to take my gaze away from the carbs, fats, and proteins that I had been talking about and the calories. And Mira, of course, needed to talk about the micronutrients, the carb, the, the vitamins, the minerals, the essential fats, the amino acids, those things that we don't often get to when we go to our nutritionists or doctors. It's just not a part of nutrition that's discussed very much. And quite frankly, I hadn't had a lot of background in those. Yes, I've been introduced to them. Yes, I told my clients to take a multivitamin or I would tell them to supplement with extra D or maybe vitamin K or what have you. But it was kind of just just extra. It was, you know, it was the icing on the cake, I kind of thought. So but essentially I, your focus shifted then from a macro level to a micro level after you met Mira. Absolutely. It absolutely did. At first I was like, well, let's just see what this can do. I didn't, you know, like you said, basically no one that I've ever seen in documented medical literature has shown a reversal in advanced osteoporosis. So I told her, you know, the chances are going to be very slim. I obviously had never worked with anybody to do this, certainly not anybody this young. The chances were almost zero that it was going to work. But I said, you know what, this is a very interesting case. Let's look at it. You know, 10 years later, now looking back and two books later and, you know, everything that we've done together, I'll tell you, it was probably one of the most pivotal decisions I've ever made in my life. And it's why we're so passionate about talking about micronutrients, because what happened in those two years, like you said, was was almost miraculous. The fact that that those micronutrients could reverse that bone disease, could help her to become healthier in that amount of time. And we're talking about, this isn't like, you know, we looked in the mirror or she's telling me she's feeling better. This is a DEXA scan. This is the, mm. this is the gold standard of medical you know, machinery to be able to tell you what, you know, how, what your bone density is. You, you can't cheat a DEXA scan, <laughs> yeah. in other words. So what we found was that these micronutrients really are powerful. And as we talk more in this conversation, we'll tell you about the different things that we, that we realized about micronutrients. But it's not as easy. I'll just preface it with saying it's not as easy as just taking you know, calcium, Anything. magnesium, and vitamin D. What we learned was there's a whole science to micronutrient therapy. And that's really what we kind of discovered during that two years. Okay, and for both of you, based then on the background stories that you've just told us about, how much of a paradigm-shattering revelation was this to you when you realize, hang on a minute, we've been doing things a little bit wrong here. We need to get down to the real minutiae of the situation when it comes to what we put in our bodies. I hear it from every single time I speak someplace or discuss what I had been doing in my previous life, as mm -hmm. I call it, and now if everyone thinks that I was living the healthiest life imaginable. Right. Like, it shifted everything. There was not a thing that I do then that I still believe is healthy. Everything from what I ate in the morning to, you know, my fat-free salads, spinach salads. I mean, I, I was eating what most people would consider and most nutritionists would probably look at and say, wow, this she eats really clean. She really, she, you know, she's got it dialed in. And, you know, I really, everything that I did had to change. And it's just once you realize it, that, that this is small changes, once you realize like, oh, choose this instead of that, it's really, really easy to make the changes. You never have to think about it again once you know better. Yeah, John, you know, I think that, you know, I always say we were putting the cart before the horse. And I still believe that in nutrition today, we're still doing that. We should be talking 
okay, to put it in perspective, almost every scientific discipline from chemistry to biology to physics, they have what they call universal truths or laws, you know, right. the laws of physics, or the laws of chemistry. Well, nutrition doesn't have, doesn't seem to have any of those laws, but it does have a law. And in fact, we've discovered a law, and that is if you are deficient in any of your essential micronutrients, and of course we call them essential not for any other reason except for you need to have them or you will get a disease. That's why they call them essential. So if you're deficient in any of these essential micronutrients, optimal health is impossible. Mm. And if you want to have a foundation so that you can create optimal health in your life, then you're going to have to be sufficient first. And that's across the board, whether you're a vegan or a carnivore. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you are deficient in calcium, magnesium, vitamin K, and boron, whether you are eating a vegetarian diet or a carnivorous diet, you're going to get osteoporosis. That's the disease you get when those specific micronutrients are deficient. And I just don't want everyone to think that it's just osteoporosis. I mean, let's bring it down to what's very extremely well documented, like high blood pressure, hypertension. I mean, that's calcium, magnesium, potassium. Hands down, people from all around the world have written books on the DASH diet from all the top universities all stating that it's those three micronutrients so it's very well documented it used to just be you know vitamin c would give you a deficiency in vitamin ski would give you scurvy a deficient in vitamin d would give you rickets and we thought we had this all taken care of but the sad truth is that it is popping up all over again we are getting these very same deficiency diseases we call them lifestyle diseases now we blame it on our lifestyle or your gene pool oh my dad had hypertension i'm gonna have it Mm. no calcium magnesium potassium there's three really easy answers and we can do that i mean our clients that's one of those things that within a month i mean within a month you can get off your hypertension um medications and across the board, it's, you know, your poor eyesight, you know, well, that's a lutein, beta carotene, polyastaxanthin, uh, you know, a bunch of different things there. But it, they're really very, very simple about how the different micronutrients relate to the different diseases. And that's extremely interesting, I find, because there tends to be a kind of, um, I suppose, an assumption that any kind of disease is bad luck. And even the word itself, dis-ease, is something that, uh, that I find very telling. And we often don't actually look at the meanings of words and where they come from. But it is your, your body telling you that there is something mal at ease, for example. So that's something that presumably can be reversed in a lot of cases. But if we don't change something, it's not going to reverse. So to, to speak about change for a second, surely to God, I can just go down to my local supermarket or the drugstore or chemist or whatever it is and get a multivitamin and I've got all my essential vitamins and nutrients then. Problem solved. Yeah. (laughs) If it was that easy, we probably wouldn't have written these books and it probably wouldn't have been very miraculous that Mira reversed her osteoporosis because that's exactly what she did do, right? So she went down to the local drugstore. She picked up what is considered to be probably one of those popular vitamins in the world today, Centrum. Yeah. And she started to pop the multivitamin. And that's what I think over 56% of Americans, I don't know how it is in Ireland, take a multivitamin on a daily basis. Certainly they're thinking that they're doing that so because the multivitamin is going to do do something for them. But I don't know if you've seen recently in Forbes magazine, USA Today, and a lot of other places, the medical and nutritional communities are now starting to cry wolf with the multivitamin. They're starting to say, wait a minute, this mm. thing doesn't work the same like it should. In fact, it could be dangerous if we continue to take it the way we've been taking it. And that was a big revelation for us. You know, when we first started to figure out how are we going to get these vital minerals and vitamins that Mira's bones need to, to heal themselves into her body, 
we started to look at what it was that may be blocking the body's ability to absorb these vitamins and minerals. I mean, certainly she was eating a diet that looked good. We started to find some flaws in the diet. She was taking her multivitamin, but nothing was changing. Nothing was changing at all. She, I mean, even the pain wasn't going away. And then we started to realize that there's a lot of, there's four basic flaws to the multivitamin. And maybe that's a good place to start. Maybe we should talk about the four flaws that we discovered with the multivitamin. Do we have time for that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So the first flaw that we noticed was something that we, and we named them the ABCs of optimal supplementation guidelines. So if people want to learn more about them, they can go to the ABCs of supplementation.com and we've got, it's a free masterclass video series there. But um, the first one stands is A and it stands for absorption. Absorption. If you can, if your multivitamin does not disintegrate, it's impossible to absorb it. I mean, would we? Can we agree on that? Well, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So, guess there's this, there was a research study done where they went out and they picked up a hundred different name brand multivitamins right off the store shelves. And the, these researchers are scientific researchers, and they put the multivitamins to a test. They wanted to see if they could disintegrate in the environment, the gastrointestinal environment, within a 20-minute time frame, which is the amount of time that's needed if you're going to start to absorb the vitamins at the beginning of the, of the intestinal tract. And they found that 51% of the multivitamins right off the shelves did not disintegrate at all. Okay. So, so right off so the bat— So your odds are not so good that you're actually going to get something that's going to work. Right. So we said, let's, let's get over this hump real easily. Let's not worry about tablets or capsules or pills. Let's get to what the pharmacists say are the, is the best way to absorb anything. And that's through a liquid, a liquid formulation. If you take your multivitamin or any drug or substance in an aqueous or liquid substance, you have up to 98% absorbability. So we wanted to make sure that Mira was taking everything that she needed to take in a liquid form, number one. So that was the first thing we learned about absorption. Additionally, then we started to look at, we wanted to look for something that wasn't a powder or liquid. And we were like, okay, well, we started to look at the ingredients in a lot of these. And we're like, wow, there's a lot of sugar. There's Mm. a lot of sugar in these liquid and powdered vitamins and these like, you know, chewable things, these gummies. And we said, okay, well, what do we know about sugar? Well, sugar actually is really interesting because sugar blocks the absorption of calcium, magnesium, chromium, and vitamin C. So... By simply putting that into your multivitamin, you're already getting rid of, you know, it's, a, it's efficacy. You can't actually absorb everything you're trying to absorb. So you want to make sure that you look for something that's sugar-free because um, that's really important. Mm-hmm. Additionally, a lot of times if you are taking a pill, there's binders and fillers and all these different things. A lot of those also make it so you can't absorb it. Additionally, when it's in a pill or capsule, the other problem is you just can't put very much in it because it's limited by size. Sure, yeah. So when you put it in a powder or in a liquid, you can put a lot more of the micronutrients in there so that you could actually get everything you need, which actually brings us to the B, which is beneficial quantities and forms. If you're not getting enough of everything, then it's not going to help you. And the problem with most multivitamins is in pill and capsule form, they just leave things out. Magnesium and calcium are two of the most common things left out of your multivitamin, or they only put them at like maybe 5% of your, of your daily value. You want to get 100% of your daily value, and here's why. You're going to start your day by trying to get in as much as you can by food, and that's where you should be trying to get it in. But due to soil depletion and time and travel your food takes to get to you and all these other reasons, it just doesn't supply you with enough anymore. That's the sad fact about our planet. 
So you try to get in as much as much as you can, as close to your daily value. But then like life takes its toll. Mm. And you have stress, which depletes micronutrients. And you exercise, and that depletes micronutrients. And you eat a spinach salad, and spinach has oxalic acid, which depletes micronutrients. And there's all these things. You live in a polluted city. Everything in your daily, you have coffee, you have wine. These things all deplete micronutrients. So you have to subtract. So the only way to get back up to that daily value, to guarantee it, is to make sure to take a product with 100% daily value for each and every one of the essential micronutrients. And just to interject there for a second, in terms of daily values, um, am I correct in the belief that a lot of daily values are completely wrong? I mean, you look at, for example, a vitamin C recommended daily allowance, and it's far below what is actually beneficial in any real terms. Right. Well, that's an excellent, excellent point. So don't mistake your minimum amount or the DB or in the United States, we call it the RDI. So don't don't mistake your minimum amount that you need in order to prevent disease as being optimal. Okay, Mm. it's not. But that's why we recommend that the supplement provides you that minimum, because then when you eat a diet, even if it's not a great diet, you're going to you're going to have a a very high likelihood of reaching that optimal level. And if you eat a a good diet or a great diet, then you're definitely going to reach it. So, again, we use a supplement as a supplement, not as a substitute for good food. But when it comes to a supplement, the supplement should provide that minimum level for you. And then everything else is built on top of that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me there. It's just something I wanted to address. I thought it was worth bringing up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's quite a few that are going to be too low. I mean, vitamin D, you know, is obviously we want you, that's one of the ones that we actually believe should be higher. We're saying uh, about 2,000 IU of vitamin D as, a, as an every day um, in your supplement is a good idea. There's some that are usually left out altogether for most multivitamins, and that can actually be dangerous. Um, Vitamin K, for example, is not in most supplements. And if it is, it's generally only as vitamin K1. Now, the problem with that is vitamin K1 and vitamin K2 uh, have very different functions in your body. Vitamin K2 being very dear to my heart because that's the one that's bone building. Right. And that's the one that has bone building benefits. So you want to make sure that your vitamin has both K1 and K2 to make it even more confusing for people out there. And that's why, you know, so many people don't get what they need in multivitamin because there is so much to learn about what should be in it. K2 actually has two forms, MK4 and MK7. And the, what, MK, what the K2 does is it's actually the sort of the director for calcium. So you take your calcium, you think you're doing great. But the problem is calcium doesn't know what to do in your body unless vitamin K2 is taken. So a lot of times studies were coming out and saying women who take calcium are going to get calcification of the arteries. They should stop taking their calcium. What they didn't tell you is women who take calcium with vitamin K2 build strong bones. That's because the K2 goes into the body, tells the calcium, get out of the arteries, get out of the blood. Your job is to go into the bones. It's the director. Okay, so, so really cal- calcium is your airplane, and then you've got vitamin K2 as the air traffic controller. Exactly. Gotcha. And that's how they work. We want people to understand. It's not like people are like, oh, I heard I'm supposed to go take K, so I'm just going to go take K. Or I heard I'm supposed to take calcium, and I'm just going to go take calcium. Mm. These micronutrients work as an orchestra. You don't want to play, well, you know, you don't want to play a, a piece of music with only one sound going on. The, the piano cannot play what the harpsichord is supposed to play, what the flute is supposed to play, what the, you know, what the drums are supposed to do. You can't do that. 
every single piece of an instrument is supposed to have its own role. And when they work together, that's when you get a great sound or a great working body. Yeah, yeah. So what we're talking about essentially then is a synergy and there is a synergistic relationship between the various micronutrients that we're discussing, yeah? There are synergistic relationships. And it's interesting that you brought that up because then our third and fourth point is stands for C and S, and that's micronutrient competition and micronutrient synergy. Now, this was the big game changer. I would say this is probably the most interesting information that's come out of supplemental science in the last 80 years. And this is something that I can guarantee you right now, the the listeners, your multivitamin company does not want you to know about something called micronutrient antagonism or competition. Okay. And that's because micronutrients or vitamins and minerals compete with each other for absorption into the gastrointestinal tract and they also compete with each other for utilization. Now, obviously they want you to go to their store and buy their I guess it's about 36 about 36 billion dollar industry these days. They want you to buy their multivitamin in an easy to take pill or capsule and just cross your fingers and hope that it works. And even though you see the yellow urine coming out when you go to the bathroom and you know your medical community has told you you're urinating about 80% of it down the drain, they want you to continue. And they do not want you to know that these vitamins and minerals compete. And that, and you can look it up in lots of different literature. I mean, it's all around the world. Scientists are starting to say, wait a minute. When you take, for instance, beta carotene with lutein together, they negate each other. But in research studies, when you separate them, they both have their, they both are able to invoke their beneficial effects. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize is they, they look at these research studies and there are literally thousands of beneficial research studies on individual micronutrients like vitamin D or like you mentioned, vitamin C or calcium alone or magnesium alone. But then when you look at research studies on multivitamins, that pile goes down to like five and there's hardly any good research. Why, when we put all these beneficial known, nobody's arguing the fact that these are essential beneficial micronutrients together in one delivery system, which nature never did, by the way. There is no single food that contains all the vitamins and minerals that you'd find in a multivitamin together. Why, when that happens, do all these results disappear? And it really came down to us to this one thing. It's micronutrient competition. And there's companies out there, you've probably heard of chelated minerals. And there's a company called Albion that has over 100 patents on chelated minerals because they realize that minerals compete with each other for absorption and so they chelate them to amino acids so that they can be absorbed in other pathways without getting too complicated that's one way to do it but that changes the receptor site of the actual mineral and it it makes it go in under the amino acid receptor site which is just different Mm. and not necessarily natural we looked at it a little bit differently we said okay instead of Instead of, you know, chelating it to an amino acid and changing the absorption site, let's just map out the competitions, the known competitions that science has proven. And we did that. It took us probably about a year in total to map that comp- those competitions out. And then we said, let's apply for a U.S. patent on, on a multivitamin that actually separates 
the known competitors out into totally different formulas. So it's natural. It's a natural way to do it. Instead of saying we're going to change the receptor, say we'll just separate them like two fighting kids. We'll put one in one room and we'll put another in another room and we can guarantee that they can't fight with each other that way. And that's that's really the only way we are able to get these micronutrients going into Mira's body in the quantities we needed without those micronutrient competitions taking their toll. And the micronutrient competition then, I mean, how severe can it be? Can that lead to disease in its own right? Or is it just that, for example, the benefits are cancelled out by each other? I mean, how much of an issue is that with regard to maybe worsening a problem? Well, and here's one of the things. I actually got a letter from, an email from a woman the other day saying, you know, I was told by another doctor never to take vitamin A because vitamin A is going to cause osteoporosis. And I had to think about it. I'm like, well, why would this doctor be saying that? There's nothing in vitamin A that's going to give you osteoporosis. Mm. Then I thought about it. I'm like, well, vitamin A has a competition with vitamin D. So this doctor is probably just saying, you know what? I don't know how to get her to take both. I'm just going to tell her never to take vitamin A. So I wrote her back and I said, you know, as long as you take them separately, it's okay. Now, had she decided that she, you know, was going to make, if she didn't have a vitamin, for example, that understood competition and say she was just mega dosing A, she could actually cause worsening of her bones because it would continually block the vitamin D. So that's, that's what I was saying earlier is you never want to just pick one thing to take or pick another thing to take and not understand how they work in unison because you could actually make the situation so much worse. And that's what a lot of these megadose companies do. The megadose companies think, you know what, we understand there's competition and we know a lot of what we give them is not going to work. So we're going to throw in 5,000% of their B vitamin and just say, you know what, we know that's not getting in. We'll just throw in more. And then they'll get some of those benefits. Some of that will seep through. That what they're not understanding is that 5,000% is likely to really, really block something else. Yeah. And this costs um, even more deficiency. So supplementation is, is a really, really complex um, thing, but we make it really, really easy. We teach the ABCs and we welcome people to um, come to our website and to compare their multivitamin um, and to watch our video series on the ABCs where we go into much further of each, each one of these specific things, what to look for on the back of your labels. It's interesting because the sales pitch that's given by the big companies reminds me a little bit of somebody trying to do an intricate painting with a giant paintbrush that would be used to paint a wall. I mean, it's just not going to work, you know, and, and, and can actually do more harm than good. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely can. And, and then you've got all these other factors. Like, I don't know how statins are over in Ireland, but in America, you know, they're, they're, they're now preemptively prescribing them, you know. And what we're, not, and what we're starting to understand, and, and anybody listening now can go on the Internet and they can do their own research, but these statins compete with another micronutrient called CoQ10. And, in fact, the research showed that even being on a statin for a few months can, de- can deplete that CoQ10 um, reserve by over 50% in the human body. And of course, we need CoQ10. CoQ10 is one of those major heart-benefiting micronutrients. And so when you become deficient in it, your heart disease can literally become worse. Mm. And so by taking this drug and not supplementing properly with CoQ10 to prevent that deficiency, you could be worsening it. Also, a lot of a lot of multivitamins don't contain a lot of vitamin C and vitamin E. And the reason for that is vitamin C and vitamin E compete with statins. So it makes the statins ineffective because quite frankly, 
frankly, the statins are working on the same receptor sites as these what should, what these micronutrients should be functioning on. So if you were sufficient in those micronutrients, you wouldn't need these drugs. But then these companies can't, of course, patent micronutrients. So they like to patent drugs. And when they patent drugs, they like them to function the way that the micronutrients do. And so so that's another big problem. And of course, a lot of the foods that we're eating also contain a lot more of the things that can block micronutrients like sugar. We're starting, we're eating so much sugar these days. And sugar is actually, a, a, actually blocks micronutrients from getting absorbed too. So, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you eat a lot of sugar, you might get fat and then you might get diabetes. And yeah, it's like that. But if you looked at it from the micronutrient perspective, you, you can see where a lot of these diseases start to kind of, kind of come in line to, depending on the type of foods that you're eating. And it's also the day-to-day things, over count, over-the-counter medications. Just want people to be aware, like, you know, you feel a cold start to come on, maybe you get a little shivers, or maybe you're a little hungover, and you say, you know what, I just, the pain's killing me. I'm going to take something like an aspirin or something like that. Well, I mean, that or a Tylenol or any of those types of things. All of those over-the-counter drugs also block micronutrients. They compete with micronutrients. So when you're doing that, you're actually causing more deficiency, which is going to make your symptoms worse a lot of times in the long run. So say you're getting a cold and you um, take that, your vitamin C is going to go down, your zinc is going to go down. And those are two micronutrients which are needed to fight um, getting colds. Mm. <laughs> so it's just little things like that, that once you start to realize that these these everyday habits aren't so good for you, you can make some real changes and it's it really will increase your sufficiency without that much effort. We call them everyday micronutrient depleters. And they're those things that like, there's these sly little things that steal these micronutrients from you throughout your throughout your average day. And we're all doing it to some extent. The awareness of them will help you to minimize the ones that you can. Some of them you won't want to get rid of. Maybe you still want to have a glass of wine at dinner and say maybe you still want to have your coffee in the morning. But you just have to understand that, okay, well, what did I do by doing those two things? Well, they both had tannins. That's going to deplete micronutrients. And one had caffeine. That's going to deplete micronutrients. You just have to be aware so that you realize the importance of supplementation. It sounds a little bit like the uh, micronutrients get right to the cause and the root of a problem rather than just treating the symptoms, which, let's face it, is what most of the mainstream chemical industry does. Yeah. Well, you, you've, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, back in 1912, all right, when we first, and by the way, vitamins were only even discovered 100 years ago. There was two gentlemen called Funk and Hopkins, and they, back in 1912, wrote something called the Vitamin Hypothesis of Disease. This is when we were just trying to figure out what in the world was causing disease. And they stated that certain diseases are caused by a dietary lack of specific vitamins. And of course, this is a time when literally hundreds of thousands of people were dying of scurvy and beriberi and were affected by rickets and all of these these scourge you know you you have you I mean in, in Ireland you uh, uh, scurvy was or I'm sorry rickets was a big deal mm, that's right. and even in America and it, it's even coming back in in areas of northern Ireland and in northern Europe these days and so we're, we're what we have at the beginning, when we first started to look at disease, we were able to link them to micronutrients. And then the medical community said, well, wait, 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 wait. You know, not everything can be linked to this. And so we, and we started to find bacteria and virus. But today's diseases, the diseases that you listening right now may be affected by, that your family is most likely affected by, is I can almost guarantee you 99% of them are not viral or bacterial. 
They come from what they're called lifestyle diseases. They're going to be things like migraine headaches, poor sleep patterns, skin problems, high blood pressure, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, obesity. These lifestyle diseases that are plaguing us come from deficiencies in these essential micronutrients. And so, you know, again, coming kind of coming full circle, once I started to realize that these micronutrients played such an important role, like you said, really got to the heart of the problem. Then I started to really look at how I had been running my practice for so many years, talking about carbs, fats, and proteins. This seems like it almost, you know, just a very secondary conversation. Once we have the micronutrient thing down, then it doesn't really matter what type of a diet you follow, quite frankly. You know, we traveled to over 135 countries for seven years, living with remote tribes to try to see if there was one true dietary path that would bring you to optimal health. And I will tell you firsthand, Mira and I both did this, and there is not one perfect way. There is many different roads to optimal health, but there is one common factor, micronutrient sufficiency. I don't care what diet you're following. If you are not sufficient, you will not achieve optimal health. Yeah, and just one comment I just want to bring up is that this is also, you know, some of the things that he was talking about, like um, bad sleep and, and, you know, migraine here or there, a headache. You know, people don't necessarily look at that as disease. When those things start happening, that's when I want you to pay attention. Because a few extra pounds, that's not really just a few extra pounds. A few extra pounds means that your body is not utilizing its carbs, fats, proteins properly. That means that the metabolism's off, which means that your micronutrients are not doing their job, which means that if they're deficient and causing these things, what else is happening in your body? So these are what we call, you know, your short-term effects. If you're just deficient a little bit for a short period of time, like maybe you just didn't eat great on vacation, you'll get some small side effects. But these same exact small holes in your in your optimal health will lead to much bigger ones the longer you have certain habits. And a lot of times it's diet. I mean, people go on diets. We tell them you're you're crazy to go on a diet without becoming sufficient first. Because when you go on a diet, what do you do? You limit the number of foods you're going to eat which is limiting the number of micronutrients you could take in. Mm. A lot of times limiting the amount of food. And then also you're exercising more usually, which means that you're using more micronutrients. So all that's going to do is trade in your pant size. You might lose a pant size if you're lucky. And what you're going to get is a heart attack or high cholesterol or bad acne. I mean, you're going to get something else because you're deficient. So we always say like you want to become sufficient before starting any dietary program. Well, let's talk then about how to become sufficient and how can you know exactly what sufficiency is then? Okay, so we create, of course, in our book, Naked Calories, which was our first book, we have two books, Naked Calories and Rich Food, Poor Food. Mm -hmm. The first book goes over what we call our simple three-step plan to micronutrient sufficiency, and it really really comes down to that. Now, obviously, listening to this conversation, people listening right now can realize that there is a lot of, it's, it's pretty complicated. There's a lot of research that went into how we actually did it, but we tried just to break it down real easy. The first thing is to switch to rich, eat rich food. Find out, you know, take it upon yourself to find out which foods have the highest micronutrient values and then try to choose those as often as possible, right? So, and, and, and there's some very simple things that we go over in the book. You know, one of the things is eat local. Of course, if, the, if your food hasn't been shipped from another country or another continent or thousands of miles away, it's going to retain more of those essential vitamins and minerals, you know, 
if you buy local food. So right just by doing that, it's better. Organic food, that's another way that you can protect yourself by not getting genetically modified foods, which of course are have less overall micronutrients. And so there's a lot of different ways we go over in the book. That's the first way. The second is to drive down depletion. Become aware of those lifestyle habits like Mira was talking about. Do I live in a big city? Do I drink coffee or wine on a daily basis? Do I exercise more than 45 minutes or an hour a day? You know, do I take over-the-counter or prescription medications? Do I live a stressful life? All these things. We're not saying change your life, and we don't want people to get depressed about it, but it's important to be aware. My, you know, you go down the list and you say, my goodness, I've got 12 of these micronutrient deficiency, depleting lifestyle habits. I wasn't aware that I had them. I'm not going to be able to change any of them maybe, but by becoming aware of it, then you can say, well, you know what? There's a good likelihood I probably am deficient, so I'm going to invoke that third step, and that's to supplement smart using those ABCs of optimal supplementation guidelines that we that we came up with. And of course, you can use these rules no matter what supplement you're buying. I'm, I want people to realize that the, that the liquid formulation, making sure that you get enough of the beneficial quantities and forms, and learning how to avoid these competitions and pairing the synergies can be used for any supplement that you buy, not just our supplements. This is, this is a universal truth. So we go over that in the book. And, and we did cre- we did create a supplement. Yeah. We just you know we originally when it was me taking care of my health and Jason was my doctor. Um, I got a little cranky because we had to take each and every vitamin and mineral separated out to get rid of these competitions, which meant I was taking a handful before breakfast and a handful after breakfast and all throughout the day. Mm. And, and that was pretty miserable, choking down horse pills all day long. <laughs> and so I became um, adamant that we were going to find a better solution. So we started to formulate a vitamin that was in a powder that I could take as a liquid twice a day only. So we did create a product called Nutrients that we got a patent on, which is N-U-T-R-E-I-N-C-E, Nutrients. And that's a powdered multivitamin drink mix twice a day that has anti-competition technology, which is, you know, it's patented. Our, it's our program. So um, rather than people trying to separate them all, learn how the competitions work, we don't make everyone do that on their own. We actually do simplify that for everyone. Sure. And what has the response been like then? Because presumably you've been, I mean, not just anecdotally, but you have done studies on the effect that it is having. I mean, to have competition-free multivitamins in, um, well, I suppose in a world that just has never really had that before and nobody's addressed it in such a succinct manner, bound to have had a massive effect on quite a number of people. So what has response been like then, not just to nutrients, but to the whole program and to the plan and to the steps that you've implemented over time? Yeah, you know, one of the coolest things that we get to do in our job is answer email. And we actually take that quite personally because we love, that's our favorite thing because we get we get here in the morning and we start looking it over look over our cup of coffee because we're still drinking it, um, and we start looking at it and people will be like, I started nutrients last week and it felt like somebody wiped the lens off my world and made it clear for the first time. People wow. just don't know the fog they're living in. Um, people who are sick feel better. People who have no energy have energy. And it's something like we don't even have to wait a long time. Like we have sample packs that we send out for people with a four-day sample. And people will write to us after four days. So it really is when, when that hole, if it's not too deep, can start to get filled, that hole from a specific micronutrient that's not there in their body. When that starts to be there, the the 
it's just amazing. I mean, like it really is extraordinary how quickly people can start to see benefit. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and from, you know, outside of the supplement arena, just seeing people start talking about micronutrients. I mean, when we first started writing our books back in 2010, and I think our first one was published in 2011, um, you know, the, the word micronutrient was still pretty much not heard. And they didn't even want us to use the word in our book. They kept saying, couldn't we use another word? Can't we just call them nutrients? Can't we just, can we simplify it for people? You know, today when I turn on the television or when I look in the magazines, I'm not seeing a lot of things about carbs, fats, or proteins anymore. Now what I'm starting to see is about micronutrients and the power of vitamins and the power of minerals and essential fats and omega-3s and amino acids. And I'm like, thank goodness we're starting to get to this conversation. And don't get me wrong it is important and you can there's amazing results that can happen from manipulating those macronutrients you know following a low carb diet or following a you know a diet that's plant-based or following an you know a carnivorous diet there's all kinds of benefits to those things and certainly those have been documented but I, I can't tell you that the, the how fast, like Mira said, and how just amazing the results can be when you become micronutrient sufficient. No one's telling you to change your dietary philosophy. And that's what I kind of love about this is that you can still stick to your dietary philosophy. That can change in the future. But by, be, by kind of adhering to our micronutrient sufficiency philosophy, you can become sufficient in the vitamins and minerals that science tells you you need. You can prevent I mean, the diseases that we know come from being deficient in these micronutrients. And as Mira's proved, you can prevent diseases that, that medical community says that aren't even reversible. It is possible. We're seeing it every single day. It really is easy. It is easy as those three steps. It isn't difficult to do. Um, and I think it's the best health insurance that you can, that you can, that you can take out on yourself. Coming from Ireland, where a lot of this information wouldn't be generally in the mainstream, I'm sure it's the same everywhere, but it, re- it really wouldn't be. I mean, the, the most kind of exposure growing up that I would have had to any kind of, apart from obviously my parents cooking and stuff, because they were, uh, they were pretty good in that regard. But I mean, in school and with regard to education, it's, well, have a look there at the food pyramid and that's the way you should live <laughs> for the rest of your lives. And I mean, we know what, what a fallacy that has proven to become, but... Where do you stand on the issue of fats? Because this is a big one that's starting to come to the fore in the mainstream here in Ireland and in Europe. And a lot of people talking, particularly in Ireland now, about the likes of Bulletproof Coffee. And everybody is saying, well, I mean, that's absolutely crazy. You can't put butter in your coffee. Butter is bad. It's the evil demon. So where do you stand on the issue of fats and good, clean, healthy fats, particularly saturated fats? Yeah, well, first of all, we're great friends with Dave Asprey, and we love Bulletproof Coffee ourselves. So, Likewise. So I think that's great. Um, yes, well, first of all, I will. I, it, it is my opinion that the medical and nutritional community had the demonizing fat completely wrong, particularly saturated fat. Mm. Uh, you know, we believe that saturated fat is not the devil, quite the opposite. In fact, we believe pretty much the more saturated fat you eat, the better. We think grass-fed butter, especially like Kerrygold and others that come out of Ireland and, and, and over in Europe that, that where they don't feed the cows genetically modified feed, uh, is absolutely essential to a healthy diet. And, and actually, that's, that's a truth. Pr- fats and proteins are essential. What they don't teach you in school, not that they teach you anything about nutrition, as you indicated, but that they don't teach us is that carbohydrates are literally not essential. I'm not saying don't eat a carbohydrate. I'm not saying that. But physiologically, you don't need to. 
Whereas wait, you have just to in eat. high school, though. It's oh, even in, in med college, school. med school, <laughs> We don't teach yeah. anyone that. <laughs> yeah, you have to have fat and you have to have protein to survive. You don't need a carb. Now, uh, you know, saturated fat has just gotten this huge bad rap. But look around the world. And again, when we traveled to all, all those countries for all those years, saturated fat was the staple fat, coconut oil specifically, and butter, uh, uh, and a lot of these different groups that we stayed with and looked at that did not have the diseases that we have today. And in fact, you don't necessarily want the, you, you certainly don't want trans fats, but, you know, as the fat becomes unsaturated, it is more likely to convert into a trans fat and to be damaged by heat, air, and light. And so at the end of the day, I think what we're going to find is things like butter, ghee, and coconut oil are going to be the healthiest fats for us. Now, another, I, I love what we're all saying about adding butter to coffee and all that stuff, and obviously I believe in it. Here's, here's, the, here's the kicker, though. I don't want people to think that they can just add butter to their coffee and then still have it with a muffin. Yeah. Of course. Uh, and that's actually, you know, I'm, I, I do see people on Facebook talking like that. Combining a lot of high-carb foods with high-fat foods is the worst dietary advice anyone can give you. Yes. So we want to make sure that we're very clear and we're saying well, it's not just add more of something. It's add more of something and take away something else. And what we're talking about taking away is the the grains, the heavy carbohydrates, starchy. starchy carbohydrates. So that's what we're talking about when we're when we're saying that it's good to good to add in fat. Additionally, we want to make sure we're not just adding in MCT oil. Um, a lot of people love MCT oil. We like MCT oil a lot, um, but there's a, there's some problems with MCT oil. First of all, it can be pretty painful in your stomach if you're not used to it, and if you eat too much, you can get all sorts of bathroom issues. Yeah. Uh, and besides that, it's lacking in long chain fats. So a lot of people making salad dressing out of it or doing stuff don't realize that long chain fats are necessary to start bile acid, which is going to make it so you can absorb your um, fat soluble micronutrients. So you want to make sure that you have some fat that has long chains. We actually created a product called Skinny Fat which is doing very, very well. I love skinny fat. It's a combination of coconut and MCT. So you can cook with it. You can use it in your salads. You can use your mayonnaise. And what it does is it makes it so you get all the benefits of coconut, like the lauric acid, mm. the long chains, but you also get all the benefit from MCT and it stays um, liquid even in your fridge. So it solves that problem of, it doesn't, um, like it doesn't taste like coconut either. It's neutral. So you have a neutral oil that it has all the best benefits of both the MCT and the coconut. So that's, um, that's our, our new toy. Well, a fine example of the opposite then of competition. Exactly. We, our whole thing when we create products is we just look at things and say, what do we use and how can we make it better? Like for a long time, we were actually in the kitchen combining coconut, combining MCT, combining olive oil, trying to figure out what we could do that we could use. Once we got that down, we said, you know what? It's going to be cheaper for everyone to just buy it in one bottle and we can make it have the right ratio. We can make it have the, the organic extra virgin coconut. Um, and we can make sure that it stays liquid at in fridge temperatures through mm -hmm. the process. So we're getting a patent on that as well. That's really what we like to do is just find, you know, niches in what we are currently doing for our clients. And then actually, once we know that we have them pretty much perfected, we um, put them to market. On a practical level then, guys, uh, because there will be a lot of people listening and thinking, this is all great in theory, but I'm time poor. Um, I'm on a budget. I just can't go online and look all this up for myself. I don't understand it. It's it's this, that, and the other. So 
people do live in the real world and the real world to make these changes will require a little bit of effort. So how is that facilitated or what, what are some good steps for people who might want to begin on the path of a healthier lifestyle and to become more aware of the value of sufficiently looking after your levels of micronutrients? Okay, so let's start with the step number one. If, if, they, if the people listening right now were to walk into our office and become a private client of ours, the first thing we're going to do is give them what we call our micronutrient sufficiency evaluation or analysis. And we offer that absolutely free um, right on the main page of our website. So they can get there two different ways. They can go to Calton Nutrition, that's C-A-L-T-O-N nutrition.com, or they can go to ColtonQuiz.com. Same spelling, C-A-L-T-O-N quiz.com. When you get there, there we have a, a, the full evaluation that we give to our private clients that they can take, and it will give them a score, a sufficiency score. Uh, you, so it'll show them where they're falling right now on our spectrum of micronutrient sufficiency or deficiency. That's the good starting point. Now, you may find that you're not very deficient at all. You might be listening to this and say, well, I, you know, I know all about this, and you take the quiz, and you're, you're pretty much right in that sufficiency zone. That'll let you know that. There's going to be other people who take the quiz, and they're going to say, wow. You know, I didn't realize I was so deficient. It doesn't really matter what your score is. From there, you just start implementing those simple three steps that we talk about. You know, I, you know, grab the books. You know, the rich food, poor food, and naked calories. They're available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and on our website. Anywhere people want to pick them up, and just start to take that. You know, we didn't, like you said, we we weren't taught what we need to know in order to be healthy as far as nutrition is concerned through school, whether we went to college, grad school, or just high school. You know, we were not taught that. So this is something we're going to have to take upon ourselves and just slowly start start to learn. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't think, my God, I've been listening to this and it's so complicated. It just sounds too hard. It's not. It's so simple. You just start with step one. You start eating better. You evaluate a few lifestyles, diseases, and then you start to supplement smart. And I guarantee you within just a few, within 28 days, if you just implement even half of what we talked about today, you're going to notice a big difference. And one of the things that I found when I started down this path myself was I, I was dreading having to give up all the things that I liked. And, you know, I thought it was going to be an absolute nightmare. And I discovered that, I like feeling good. So, I mean, there's your, your upside. And feeling good far outweighs the feeling of, I don't know, a, a can of Coke sliding down your throat. And, I mean, the resulting problems that I used to have with the high sugar intake. And feeling good is a good thing. And that's incentive enough. I mean, if somebody is feeling bad, surely they want to feel good. And the minute you start to feel the benefits and you realize that doing A, B and C is resulting in all these positive changes... It becomes easier and easier, I found, as time goes on. Is that something that you would hear repeated? Oh, absolutely. I'm glad you said that. You know, once someone starts to feel better, you know, there's no going back. Because even if you slip a little bit and you start to feel like junk again, mm. you realize, oh, my God, I just did that to myself. Because now I know I can feel better when I do A, B, and C. Yeah. So you know, the minute you start making those changes and start feeling better, it is, it's almost an addiction at that point, a healthy addiction to feeling good. You're like, okay, I'm not giving this up again. I, first of all, you're worth it. And that's another thing is people need to value the fact that they, that they need to make time to make themselves healthy because every single person deserves that and should be giving that to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give just a, a just a quick nugget of information out for people who, you know, are listening right now and can, just want something to, to 
to, to prove to them, to selves, right now, it doesn't cost you a single penny. I'm going to give you just a piece of information that, that one of the things you would have learned in Naked Calories, and that is if you are suffering from food cravings, so many people are out there, they said, I've tried a diet before, but I fell off the bandwagon because I ate the donuts or I ate the burger and I just can't control my food cravings. And I, I just, I think it's just because I don't have any discipline. If that's you, take this challenge right now. I'm going to tell you that your, your food cravings come from a deficiency of two very specific micronutrients. And this isn't us finding out, finding this. This is the Monell Chemical Sense Center Research Center up in Philadelphia. These scientists work at this all. This is all they do is they look at how food affects all kinds of different processes in the body. And they found that my, the deficiencies in calcium and magnesium cause sugar and salt cravings. And that's why so many of the junk foods and the, so many of your snack foods have sugar and salt in them. Because when you eat them, they cause deficiencies in the same two micronutrients calcium and magnesium so if you're suffering from this make sure that you take in you need a thousand milligrams of calcium a day to be sufficient that's just your basic minimum and you need 400 milligrams of magnesium whether you get it through supplement or through food it doesn't matter to me but if you for just even one week make sure that you're getting a thousand milligrams of calcium and 400 milligrams of magnesium any way you can I can guarantee you that those food cravings are going to disappear. And once you see that, that just those two micronutrients take care of this huge problem that's been probably standing in your way for years for you to actually achieve the health that you've wanted to, then you'll start to understand the power of those micronutrients. And when you become sufficient in all of them, it, you, you won't even believe the differences that you'll feel. And would it be beneficial to add a vitamin K then to that as well as essentially the transport for calcium? Well, it certainly would be. I mean, there's a lot of things like vitamin D helps the absorption of calcium and magnesium as well. And we can, and you're definitely going to, you can go down deeper in that rabbit hole, but mm. just even just Across to, just to prove yourself just in a few days, the difference that you can, it, that those two micronutrients can make, you know, that, that will do it. Fantastic. And what does the future hold then for you guys? Because presumably, I mean, you've already, we, we didn't really touch on it too much, but you've visited over 100 different countries and you've been involved in working with many indigenous cultures and observing more so than working and seeing what works and what doesn't work. So is there more of the same or what's the plan for the next while? Yeah, um, we have right now we have another book coming out next year which is actually going to be a whole um, very prescriptive book. It's called The Micronutrient Miracle. And it's actually going to give you, based on what your health complaints are, actual 30-day protocols. So it's going to be very, very specific. Our goal is to buy, what year is it? We're going 2020. To get on, 2020 mm -hmm. is to get back on the road to continue our Carlton project, which is what we call those travels, to go revisit the different tribes that we knew, you know, 10 years ago and to see what has changed, what, you know, which ones listened to what we told them, which ones didn't, mm -hmm. and to see how their health has unfortunately most likely diminished, is a sad truth, but um, to go around again and see what changes we can see. And did you notice on your travels that the more westernized the culture, the worse the health? Or is that just pie in the sky in my head? No, no, no. It's, you know, we went really with a total open mind. And if people want to learn more about the Colton Project, they can, again, go to ColtonNutrition.com. And on the navigation bar, there's a button there for the Colton Project, I think, under, um, under getting to know us or something. And they can go and they can see photos and they can read a little bit about that, those travels. But, no, we went with the idea of let's 
let's just see if we can find a diet. First of all, we looked at two different things. We wanted to see how micronutrients might play a role in the health of some of these people. And also, is there one diet that leads to optimal health more than any other or lended itself to that? Mm. You know, would a vegetarian diet lend itself more to optimal health than one that was animal-based? Or would a diet from individuals who live in mountainous regions be different, So, you know, much more healthy than those who live around the river or near the water? So, um, it, you know, it's, it's, it, what we found is that as we became more westernized, let's say, as we have more hospitals, more education, more colleges, more knowledge, more drugs, more doctors, you know, more advantages, we become sicker and sicker and sicker. And in fact, those individuals that we may look at, you know, in the magazines or when we travel as, you know, impoverished, not having a whole lot, these individuals are oftentimes we find them to be happier. They have a purpose in life. They're living longer than us. They're not, they're not plagued by obesity. They don't even know what diabetes is. They don't have that first clue of what cancer is. And nor do any of their, their ancestors or even the, the elders in these communities. The sad part is, is as you move out of those really remote areas into the semi-remote and into the urban areas, then you start to see a whole new generation of people suffering from the exact same health conditions that we are. And it really happened within one generation. And yeah. it, it really is linked to these deficiencies in these micronutrients. Yeah, we went to some villages um, more than once during this. And even within like a three-year period, we already saw a vast decline. That's a short space of time, to be fair, considering how long some of these cultures have existed for in perfect health. Yeah, but when you start to see how much we force it on them, I mean, that's the really sad part is these cultures never asked us to bring them other food. Yeah. But because the government starts subsidizing them and starts sending them food, what they're sending them is killing them. Yeah. I mean, John, we were in the Amazon and it had taken us, you know, it had taken us a plane, a boat, a canoe, four hours up the river. I mean, we were way in deep in the Brazilian. There wasn't a motor for, for days. No, we were deep <laughs> in the Brazilian Amazon. We were with this remote family that we were spending some time with. She was going to, she was going to, she was pulling out some manioc, which is the type of, uh, one of the staple foods that they have there. Um, it's a, a kind of an interesting story in and of itself, but we won't go into that now. Anyway, she was going to put that into a, she was going to, on a, on a cooking top that she was going to cook for us so we could try it. And I swear to you that she pulled out a tub of margarine way out there. And I'm like, what, where did you get margarine? And, you know, we obviously we had they a translator. They think it's lovely for us. And they said that, peep, that the, these traders, that these Westerners had come and they had explained to them that their coconut oil and their saturated fats were bad for them and they were going to cause heart attacks. And they traded those good, healthy fats for these margarines now. And that's wow. what they are using. And so, I mean, this is the kind of crazy, you would never think that you would find a tub of margarine in the middle of the Amazon. But and these are people do. who don't have clothes. Like, yeah. there's no clothes. And yet, for some reason, tub of margarine is like a staple now, simply because we told them it was necessary. Amazing. And then we, by the same token, go away with their coconut oil and sell it at highly inflated prices to the West because we've realized it's healthy. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, then we, and then we go back and say, oh, we were wrong. Well, we're hardly, we're hardly getting the message that saturated fat, we were wrong about saturated fat to the American and to the, to the, you know, to the European people. We're certainly not going to go and explain it that we were wrong to those poor Amazonians. So it's, yeah, it's really, it's a sad thing. It is something that we, uh, we love to do. And down the line, we'd love to start even bringing some small groups too uh, with us so mm. that people can experience it for themselves. So. Yeah, and they do it really some other really sneaky ways. Um, for instance, we saw McDonald's made the kids uniforms 
sponsors in schools. Indonesia. They sponsored the schools. Yeah. And we were like, that's just sick. And then in China, our first trip, all of the buns were made of rice. They were big, like almost like sushi rice, like hard patties. Mm. And then within like a at year McDonald's. at McDonald's, they were, they were instead of buns, instead of oh, wheat okay, buns. okay, okay. But then within a year, they had gotten over that. They had trained them first to want McDonald's using the rice. But then once they got them familiar with that, then they all of a sudden were like, okay, well, we're just going to put a wheat bun on here. <laughs> and so now all of a sudden this culture that's never been eating wheat, now all of a sudden they're eating the wheat buns and they're getting diabetes. Of course, and they'll reap many other dubious benefits, no doubt, over the coming years as a result as well. Yeah, yeah it's really amazing. You know, we could, we could go on with, with awful manufacturing stories, <laughs> how Coca-Cola infiltrated um, Papua, New Papua New Guinea. I mean, we've got a zillion of these horrific accounts. Well, I think it would be fascinating to speak at a later date about some of those because, uh, I mean, the journeys that you've been on, they would almost take a lifetime by themselves just to tell. And despite the fact that it is a mixed up world and everything seems to be on its head, I'm delighted personally to see that the work you're doing has led to the term micronutrients actually entering the lexicon of popular health because I think that can only be beneficial. It can only raise a positive awareness in people about what it is that they decide to ingest and put in their bodies and the effect that it has. And I think the work that you guys are doing is absolutely fantastic so remind people who would like to know more about the websites and how they can find out about the books and stuff as well so perfect so the books again are called naked calories and the second one's called rich food poor food um and the second one's a grocery store guide and the first one's more of a theory-based book um secondly they can find out tons of information we have blog posts and videos and movies and all kinds of things at calton c-a-l-t-o-n nutrition.com they can go there they can take that sufficiency analysis they can also do that at coltonquiz.com they can check out about the Colton project they can learn about our products nutrients skinny fat and empower if they would like um and yeah i think it's a great place to start and like i said we've got under the our media we've done tons of media all around the world so they can watch us you know walk through the grocery stores talk about genetic gmos if they want to learn about that they can talk about learn about what a micronutrient is and more in depth and also don't forget to visit abcs of supplementation.com to learn more about the abcs in that free video series Fantastic stuff. We'll get the links up on the website as well so people can check out more. And hopefully you guys will come back and chat to me again because I must say, this has been one of the quickest hours of Alchemy Radio that I've ever experienced. I find the the work and the information absolutely fascinating and so beneficial. Oh, we would love to come back. Thank you so much for giving us a platform to share this information that we're just crazy passionate about. Most people don't love micronutrients the way we do, but thank you so much for, for allowing us to share it with your audience. I have the power. You have the power. We have the power. Mira and Jason Carlton, it's been a huge pleasure. Thank you for joining me on Alchemy Radio today. So much thank our you. pleasure. Thank you. Alchemy Radio. I could not stand the competition.
Hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Alchemy Radio. Remember, we rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising-free format. And we're so, so grateful for any help you can offer. There's no fixed cost, as you know, on the donations, and every little bit helps. So even the smallest amount is hugely appreciated and goes a long way towards keeping us afloat. The donate button is on the website, as is the subscribe button, and everything, as I said already, is hugely appreciated. Our next guest is Marcus Allen, and we'll be discussing the moon landings. Were they fact or fiction? Until then, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Alchemy Radio. Alchemy Radio. Analyze. Alchemy Radio. Conceive. Alchemy Radio. Believe. Are you tuned in? Are you tuned in? Are you tuned in? Are you tuned in? Are you tuned in?